0: Love Talk Radio Blue. Two friends, one heated rivalry. It's intense. It's no holds barred. It's game time. All right, let's go on Red versus Blue Sports Talk Radio with your hosts Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Scott and Mike and their versatility bring new light to many topics in and out of the world of fantasy sports guests can reach the show by calling 347-324-5404 red versus blue sports talk radio where planet red and big blue nation collide let's hope they're still friends afterwards here they are scott and mike
1: Good evening and welcome to another edition of Red vs. Blue High Stakes Radio, wherever you may be. Thanks for making us part of your night. I'm Scott Atkins, team legacy in the world of high stakes fantasy football. And as always, I'm joined by the Big Blue co-host from Brandenburg, Kentucky, Michael Trent. Mike, I've got to slow the show down tonight. I've got a couple of Kentucky guys on the show tonight. So I'm going to try to relax, take a deep breath, and uh, let's slow things down a little bit. It's Kentucky style.
2: We're gonna slow it down real good, Scott. That sounds. But I can't do it. There's no way I can slow it down in uh, in, in in such a matter. But uh, there's no way, man. We we gotta amp this thing up, man. Uh, it's gonna be a great show. We got a nice little draft coming along, but uh, I can't slow it down that slow. I just can't do it, my brother.
1: Eight minutes until our draft at Fantasy Feud starts. We have 12 teams lined up. It's going to be a quick one. I think we gave a 45-second timer this week. Last week, it was a 30-second, and that thing flew by in about 24 minutes. Pretty cool, 12 rounds. But this week, we have a very special guest, Farrell Elliott from the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Champion, our fearless leader. I'm going to go ahead and bring him right on right now, and let's get it started. Farrell, what's up, my brother?
3: Scott Atkins, you are rolling for 11 p.m. on a Friday night. I love it. You're moving. You're talking fast again, and that's a good deal.
1: Hey, You gave me a little ribbon there in the email. I thought it was funny, but you know what? I do. I do talk a little fast, and I even asked the guys at ESPN. I said, hey, I'm a, is, it, is it going okay? I'm, I'm trying to slow it down a little bit because I think I get going too fast, and uh, you, you comprehend about 50% of what I say, but what's going on, man? I, we've got I I went on your show last week. I was undefeated going in. I walk out with my first loss, and now we're down to five undefeated teams in your tournament.
3: Five undefeated teams, but a lot of teams of the 204 still scoring big points, and that's what our league is about is scoring points. We award a prize for best record at the end of week 11, but as Mike will tell you, he finished in our top five last year. Keep scoring those points. Points is what it's all about.
2: That's exactly right, Farrell. You know, it just uh, it's funny how you can sneak in there, but uh, once you do, uh, you know, just keep scoring points, I, you know, just one after another. I've always thought, guys, that in the world of high-stakes fantasy football that head-to-head was more
3: of a reaction of, of the luck of the draw, so to speak. You know, a dominant team can win both head-to-head and total points. We had 13 divisions last year. We have more this year. We only had two guys that swept all the awards, winning best record, most points, and the league championship. Those were dominant teams within their uh, within their divisions, and they took home $1,600 for winning all three spots. So for a $300 entry, we have a really good league to get involved with. And, and you guys certainly enjoyed yourse- yourselves at the draft. I, I kept an eye on you, uh, stayed out of your way. There were a lot of guys there, a lot of guys to talk to. You guys were prepared and came with a good draft. And, Scott, that's why you're having such success like you're having this year.
1: It is about the wide receivers at the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship. You have to start three so you can't neglect those guys like you can in uh, like the FFPC. It's, it's, it's more back to the, to the world championship uh, format where you've got to get those three wide receivers, maybe even four, And uh, that's something I definitely addressed this year, drafting A.J. Green and Julio. My third pick, I took Trent Richardson. So no real landmines in the first three picks, and I think that's important. But what we're seeing this year, uh, Farrell, is the guys that took uh, Reggie Wayne, the guys that took Tony Gonzalez, the seventh- and sixth-round, eighth-round guys, are the guys that are uh, up near the top in a lot of times.
3: You know, when we started our show and started evaluating players – for the draft, that's exactly where we said those players would go. They ended up being drafted in those rounds, and they have been wonderful. You know, I've got a few teams, some of them doing well, some of them not so well. And I look at the rosters of the teams that aren't doing well, and it it, it looks good on paper. There's been a lot of injuries, things such as that. I look at teams that are doing well and some common components. You said it, Gonzalez, Wayne. Ridley was was a uh, player that went later in the draft, has been a big contributor, as well as Marquez Colston for a top-flight receiver. For some reason, guys, didn't when we go out to Las Vegas that people just felt a little less excited about him than they had in years before? And that player, if if you've rostered him, you're doing very well with him as well.
2: You know, something I've noticed, Thurl, and uh, I'm sure you've noticed uh, as well, Scott, is that... uh, the running back uh, position is, I don't know, it's kind of becoming uh, non-existent. I, I don't mean that. I'm kind of being in jest when I say that, but uh, you, there's not a lot of touchdowns being scored by your profile running backs that you would have uh, drafted, say, in the first uh, two, three rounds. Uh, it just seems like it's, it's all wide receivers, and uh, that's just. Kind of the way it is. Well, got and goal guys line
3: there. specialists, Mike. you know, when we were drafting, everyone admitted and 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 nodded their head that yes, Michael Bush is going to get the goal line touches for the Chicago Bears. But you could go to almost every team in the NFL and find a goal line specialist that's taking away touches, I guess, anywhere but uh Houston, because that running back is still the one that's
2: gonna take you to the top. Right. And you know what? Uh, last night I had uh, Frank Gore in uh, one of my one of my bigger leagues, and uh, you know I got twenty two points out of him. He didn't uh, he didn't score a touchdown, and I felt like I won the Super Bowl. To be honest with you, <laughs> there you go. Did you have any players playing last night, Scott?
1: Nope, uh, not a lot of action on San Francisco or Seattle. I tell you what, I I owe an official apology to all the Gore owners. Uh, I. He was a guy that I just haven't been a big fan of. You know, he's a guy, I went into most of my leagues not running back heavy because I thought to myself, hey, there's a lot of good RB2s out there, Farrell. You know, the Quiz Rogers and the Kendall Hunters and all these guys. And I'm thinking to myself, Turner and Gore, these guys are getting a little old and and they're going to get hurt like they always do. But I haven't seen Turner or Gore even hobble off the field, not once this year. So my guys like Hunter and Quiz, they're just sitting on the bench everywhere and I haven't been able to get them in at all. Well,
3: you might see a change of that. Of course, he's got a few extra days to get over that rib injury. But Gore was hurting last night. You know, you guys were so kind to talk about strategy that you imply when you come to uh, employ, rather, when you come to play in Kentucky. And, uh, you know, our defensive rules are uh, a little more in-depth than what you find out in Las Vegas. I like it because it makes the defense less of an afterthought and more of a real player, your 10th player, if you will. And I like to go through the league and you know, during the weekend and, and, and look at what uh, team owners are doing and who they're starting. I found a couple of owners that hit that, that took the magic bullet last night with a Golden Tate and a Vernon Davis start, and they got they got goose eggs for both players, and that's yeah. going to lead to a tough weekend. But it's a situation where when you when you have these defenses, and that's what's setting some of the owners apart in our league, especially with the Chicago Bears. It appears that the defense will be the leading point scorer and touchdown maker on that team of any of any one uh, fantasy player.
1: That's a good point, Farrell. They have the negative point uh, differential that you guys employ, Mine, up to minus 15, I think, if you score 50 points or more. Uh, and you get a 20-point bonus for a shutout or just a safety. So those types of games really give you an edge. I've got the Giants, and, and it just, just so happens that they've you know, turn things up a little bit here finally, and they they go from a one-point game to a twenty-point game. I think they've got three games this year where they've scored one and two games over twenty, and so you never really know what you're going to get with the Giants. But you're right, Farrell. Uh, defense cannot be forgotten in your format. Let's look at also your prize structure. It's a five thousand dollar prize and an entry into a main event team. There's also two three hundred dollar prizes, one for top scoring. And one for a best record. And my question is, can you win both of those or is that just an either or thing?
3: Oh yes. We're gonna we're gonna pay the positions as they're won. So if you come in and, and or have a dominant team and win both sides of it, you're gonna get paid on both sides of it. And you've probably found a thread on the website that needs to be updated. Of course we've had a growth in our league to two hundred and four teams, so our grand prize is 7,500, and so since we have 204 teams this year, and you're probably in the upper 5%, you ought to be happy to know that that grand prize has moved to 7,500, Scott.
1: That's very nice. Definitely an improvement. (laughs) Uh, Farrell Elliott from the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship. Our draft is just now underway. Farrell, I want to run by the quarterbacks this week uh, that these uh, high stakes guys have taken. Eric Boltman starts with Drew Brees, nine route with Aaron Rodgers. Robert Griffin III third, at third, Tom Brady, Eli Manning on the top five quarterbacks. What do you think about that selection in a week seven contest, those five running backs going off the board?
3: Those five quarterbacks off the board, Eli Manning is probably the one, you know, that, that matchup that they have with Washington is always a very strange game. I might look away from him, and if I was going to continue to draft and look down the list of quarterbacks, um I'm looking at fitzgerald uh, with with a matchup that he has this weekend to come off the board a little earlier than he would any other weekend, and I'm also thinking that um, Carson Palmer's interesting me uh, is interesting to me a little bit as you move forward
1: definitely okay. a guy that i i I would have liked to have started last week in your Kentucky contest. I put Alex Smith in there that's what cost me the w oh. And over Alex Smith. And, you know, I should have known him because he, he comes off with the 30-point game and then he comes out with the, you know, the five-point game. That's Alex Smith for you. But I will not make that same mistake again. I'm, I'm going to roll with Carson Palmer. He hasn't done a lot to prove otherwise. He's got a pretty good matchup this week against Jacksonville in the 4 o'clock games. And so Carson Palmer will be in the lineup. Leroy's aces just took took Maurice Jones-Drew in the first round as the third running back off the board. Running back's finally going off the board now. Arian Foster, Ray Rice to Coyote Streakers, MJD to Leroy's Aces, and now Darren McFadden. By the way, uh, Farrell, you have uh, Brian Harwood, Dr. Harwood in the chat room saying hello. Oh, it's always good
3: to hear from the doctor. I have been trumpeting the doctor's fantasy football skills for the last couple years to anybody that would listen, and he's proven me with his play in kentucky and and his play in las vegas he's proving my analysis of the doc being one of the top fantasy players in the country i think in the ffpc uh harwood is is right about fourth or fifth right now in total points which is a a nice place to be seated
2: he is yeah, he's you know doing what? Very uh, absolutely Ferrell. I've i've noticed uh uh, in the FFPC, I mean, he's been right up there, and, uh, you know, he just keeps on uh, pl- plugging along and uh, does does things the right way. Well, Mike,
3: you Austin. know, I've, I've enjoyed meeting you and Rachel in this business, and that that's one of the real benefits of being in this business is the people that you get to know. And and, and uh, I, I've really uh, – uh, the, the camaraderie that we all have, it's like a big reunion every year. But Harwood is uh, truly uh, developed into one of my closest friends, and I, I just love the time that I spend with him. As a matter of fact, he's taking me. Guys, he's treating me to a game okay. in Nashville, Jets at Titans, and I believe it's a Monday nighter. And, you know, Doc doesn't do anything on the cheap. We're going to be sitting up there in the club seats, and uh, it's going to be a nice
2: evening. So I always look forward to spending a little time with Dr. Harwood. Yeah, absolutely. You know, what you do, uh, what you do, Farrell, uh, you know, it's wonderful. And I wouldn't be on this show and doing things like this if it wasn't for you and Scott and guys like that. i tell you what, we have a lot of fun. I see where uh, Scott, you took Andrew Luck. What do you think about that?
1: Oh, it's an absolute nightmare for me. One of the uh, best players, one of the best players that uh, is in Vegas, David Hughes, he's in the my main event uh, league this year in the Fantasy Football Players Championship. And get this, guys, he is playing, he's starting against me, Andrew Luck, Reggie Wayne, Donnie Avery, and it gets better, T.Y. Hilton, okay? He's starting three <laughs> pulse wide receivers against me and Andrew Luck, and I know that they're just going to have a field day on the Cleveland Browns this week. What do you think, Farrell? You think uh, Andrew Luck's in for a big day?
3: I think Luck should have a successful game, you know, bouncing back from last week's game. However... Cleveland impresses me. They've got it. They've got a cornerback. His name escapes me now, but they've got a corner that's just come back for a game or two. This is a better defensive team than what they've played so far. And the Cleveland team can, will keep the ball away from Indianapolis, so there's not going to be as many snaps as uh, Indianapolis has enjoyed in some of their previous games. And that's where I've seen the Hilton especially do better is when uh, the opposition turns the ball over to – To Indianapolis, maybe I'm going a little too far in analysis here, but I'll tell you this: I, I would have, I would have uh, probably not gone so deep into one team's receiving core.
1: Sometimes it's a little tough. These, uh, these, these, these injuries and bye weeks galore that we've had over the last few weeks. Now you have more players out on bye. Uh, Looking at the quarterbacks on by this week, Rivers, Peyton, Ryan, and Vic, this week is going to make it very tough to get that quarterback start right. When I'm looking at a a player that I'd like to start this week, you're looking at your number two or maybe somebody off the waiver wire. And I'm looking at the best five matchups on the board this week, Farrell. I, I look at the Titans, the Jets, the Giants, the Colts, and the Bucks. All five of these face defenses allowing 25 points per game or more to opposing quarterbacks this year now obviously Eli is already a must start so that leaves four and out of those the two that stand out to me is luck against the Browns and Matt Hasselback against the Bills uh Hasselbeck uh, the Titans you've got Kenny Brick Kendall Wright and Nate Washington to throw to along with Jerry Cook at tight end what do you think about the Bills chances against uh or, or the Titans chances against the Bills this week
3: I think the Bills are the bizarro team of the NFL world. It is, <laughs> uh, it, it's absolutely like something from uh, the proverbial twilight zone of football. I, they're completely unpredictable on both sides of the ball. I Hasselback has not impressed me with the ability to throw the ball down the field. So he's going to throw some short passes and rely on his see, receivers to – get some yards after the catch guys I don't know I I think I would want to get for to a to a quarterback with more of a downfield passing game uh the bills uh it, it's just a situation where you don't know which team's going to show up and even when they do are they going to consistently play well throughout the game it it's it's a difficult matchup uh, in fantasy ball because I think all of the receivers both on the bills side and on the Titans side, are doing a little less than we expected them to. Some of it because of the quarterback. Some of it because of just the situation of that they're not playing very well. Britt should be an elite player. He isn't because he can't catch the ball. Donald Jones should be a bi-week fill-in that gets points out of the slot. He's completely disappeared off the landscape. Steve Johnson has become just an ordinary receiver as the running backs have taken over the situation there. And Spiller, to me, is the best back in this game. I could go on and on about that matchup. There's a lot of players on those two teams that are going to be on the field, uh, but I'm not going to put Hasselback in as my starting quarterback.
2: Yeah, I, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that either, uh, uh It's it's going to be very difficult. I honestly see that game. Uh, I'm still in a survivor pool, believe it or not, and in the one survivor pool that I'm in, I took Buffalo to win this game. Uh, the only reason they're at home um, it's it's been a long rest for Tennessee, and I understand that. And coming off of the big win and things like that over Pittsburgh, but
1: you know, I just
2: I really feel like uh, Buffalo is a better team than what they've been showing. Um, Spiller, Fred Jackson, they can throw out all kinds of options, and Fitzpatrick can use Stevie Johnson and his wide receivers uh, the way he wants to. So, I, I really think at home Buffalo is a huge play this week, and I, I just don't, I, I don't see Tennessee coming back doing back-to-back wins. Mm.
3: Their defense, the Buffalo defense plays much differently at home than they do on the road. So Scott, there's our answer. It's just not promising for a hassleback start.
1: Farrell Elliott is our guest from the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship, our fearless leader in Kentucky, and we do have a quarterback start. Now let's look at somebody that we might need to bench this week. Very hard to to bench quarterbacks at this point with the good ones out. But Farrell, have I ever told you that I'm a Jets fan? <laughs>
3: Yeah, I've heard a little bit about
1: that. The Jets D have only given up six touchdowns through the air this year, and this week Tom Brady lines up. It's a great rivalry game, but you know me, I'd never tell fantasy players to bench Tom Brady. So, with that said, I caution owners to not buy into Christian Pond. Yeah, he looked fantastic. And, matter of fact, on the high stakes fantasy hour, I actually would rather have Ponder over Rivers this year, but not this week. He looked fantastic last week, threw for over 350 and two, but it was the most attempts in his career. He has great weapons. I mean I love Harvin and Rudolph and I think Simpson is expected back this week, but this one is all about the matchups. And we're talking about the Arizona Cardinals. They've allowed Fitzpatrick only 140 last week. Bradford 130 the week prior. So the passing defense is getting the job and done and then some I expect Ponder to struggle a lot with that nasty pass rush. What do you think about this matchup with the Vikings going up against um, the Arizona Cardinals? I
3: put Arizona as my defense. I selected them and kept them and and played them every week and it benefited from it. It's It's a significant defense. Now I've got a little bit of a, a little bit of an advantage and a little bit of a disadvantage when it comes to evaluating Minnesota, because I represent a quarterback, that's their third-string quarterback, that's on the Vikings roster. And, of course, when I talk to him, he tells me that the Vikings are going to ring it up and that they're well-prepared for this game. And and the the key thing about Ponder that they keep talking to me about in Minnesota is that he's getting better every week, and they're really digging it. So he's a player that would be very difficult, to sit down since he's at home, you know, chances are, if he's on your roster, you've got another good quarterback because he was probably your second guy to start the season. So most likely Scott, I think you're giving very good advice. Set this player down. But if, if you're in a, if you're in a bind in an emergency situation, I certainly wouldn't hesitate to start it. And I feel pretty good about it. We
1: just, I saw Larry Fitzgerald go off the board after the likes of Vincent Jackson and Wes Welker. I'm one pick away. Leroy's aces is now on the clock. Mike, what do well, you Leroy think? Oh, Leroy is
3: having a wonderful year here in Kentucky, Scott.
1: Mike yeah, Leroy is,
3: is tearing it up. Quite you got to give
1: him credit, man. He is actually, I've seen that as well. I've seen his name in the likes. He's doing a very good job. Oh. Uh, Mikey, while I'm on the clock here, what do you think about a Ryan Fitzpatrick or even a Sanchez? I think should be better than Ponder this week.
2: Oh, absolutely! Uh, you know, Ponder Ponder manages games. He's like a, uh, you know, he's like an old Trent Dilfer. I mean, he manages games, he wins games, and that's that's a good thing. Uh, if you're a team owner, if you're uh, if you're one to win, you know, win championships, that's great. If you're, to, uh, league, uh, if you're wanting to win a fantasy football league, or if you want to to win this uh, this draft that we're talking about, Chris and Ponder is not your play, in my opinion. I've bad. already
3: endorsed Fitzpatrick and uh, Sanchez, uh, Mike. I'm I'm going to say that uh, I would never feel comfortable playing Sanchez. I, you know, I drafted him in his rookie year with the twentieth pick. And I played him on the bye week. He had been awful. I played him on the bye week. And uh, he got me right at 20, and I cut him the next week. And I, I felt real proud of myself of, of the strategic insertion of the Jet quarterback in his rookie season. And I haven't played him since, and I don't think I've missed anything.
1: No, I, I, I think you're right. And Mike is almost on the clock. I think it's funny that Dave went ahead and took – Christian Ponder while we're sitting here talking about it. So very well done, Dave. Let's move on to the running back position. Uh let's take a look first at the running backs on by. We're looking at Michael Turner, Willis McGahey, Jamal Charles. What a what a year he's having. Reggie Bush, LaShawn McCoy, and sort of a down year, but he still kind of gets it done with the receptions. And then Ryan Matthews, a total, absolute collapse last week, along with Phillip Rivers. Let's look at the running backs Farrell uh, again. Very difficult to field two good running back options. I look for backs like McFadden and Richardson and even Chris Johnson I think will dominate this week, but but really Farrell, if if you have a starting running back, you almost have to plug him in this week, right? Start them if you got him type thing. But somebody you might want to look at that that I've told you to bench in the past is is Steven Ridley. I think he's somebody that you have to have in the lineup this week. That's not really saying you know that's not a a huge oh wow, but you have heard that Bolden is out now, and the Jets rusty. While they clamped down on Vic Bauer last week, they're really struggling, giving up over 150 yards a game and eight scores so far. So, I think really should uh, should be pretty nice. And again, this matchup, the Patriots against the Jets, any storylines or any anything you see in this game, Farrell.
3: Patriots against the Jets. We're going to wait for those tight ends at, at New England to play anywhere near like they played last year. Probably the the player that I look to see struggle somewhat in this game would be Brandon Lloyd, just from the standpoint that that uh, he's going to draw some some fairly difficult coverage and just what you said about the running game. I think that the the, uh, the New England Jet game is, is the game that the Jets circle on the roster, on the schedule. That's their Super Bowl. And so it's going to make for a very good game, and I think it will be competitive. And we're going to have to see some – we're going to have to see if defense or scoring rules today. It will probably be a little bit of both. Uh, We're not going to see the significant blow-up games that we've had for some of these players. In other words, Wes Welker probably doesn't get 30 unless he gets it all and other players get very little.
1: And Rob Gronkowski is still listed as questionable for the game. And I think Aaron Hernandez didn't practice either. So a lot of question marks for the New England tight ends. You bring up a good point there, Farrell. I'm not real sure what we're going to see there. If either of those guys are out, or dare I say even both, I, you think the Jets have a chance to win this game?
3: No. But those guys won't be out because, as you well know, the trickery that the New England is famous for with that uh, – with that injury list. Those guys will both be on the field.
1: Gronkowski playing with the hip injury. That's always a a nasty one. But in, in this game, again, Ridley, I think, is a definite play. But I also think the former Jet, Danny Woodhead, maybe even Shane Vereen, will pick up the slack and contribute, especially against this defense. So if you're desperate, you may still be able to pick one of those guys off the waiver wire. Two other matchups I like. I like Vic Ballard this week. I think they will give him a little bit of action. And Alex Green... I was a little skeptical that they were going to let him get as many carries as they did last week. Mm-hmm. I thought James Starks would be the guy to to kind of you know protect the quarterback a little bit. You got the franchise there, and they gave Alex Green a, a lot of, of of carries last week.
3: Well, was it twenty two? Uh, everyone went into the waiver wire and spent significant amounts of their fantasy dollars. On Alex Green especially if you had Benson and I was one of those guys that had Benson in the FFPC where I play with uh, my playing partner Justin McCord and we had we hadn't bet on on many players this year and we loaded up on Green and it looks like we've made the right decision rarely do you have a guy come off the bench and, and carry the ball 22 times so it was it, it was a validation of a player that uh that was still available this late to to get him and hopefully keep your team together with that kind of uh, contribution, 22 carries.
1: Yeah, and and that is a dreaded six-person quarterback by committee there. You've got uh, Kuhn, you have Starks possibly getting in there, Green, you have Sane that's on the back burner right now, and then A lot of people, and and they use Randall Cobb in the backfield, and then everybody has to remember that Aaron Rodgers likes to run the ball, too, and steal those touchdowns, so it's just a real mess, but Alex Green got over 20 carries. I think you have to give him a a look this week. Now, let's look at somebody you might bench, uh, Farrell. This is Farrell Elliott from the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship. He is our guest for this evening on Red versus Blue. Mike Trent, as always, Scott Atkins. We are drafting live on FantasyFeud.com right now. We have a 12-person uh, draft, a 12-round, uh, week 7 draft going on. Having a lot of fun with that while we're having the show. And, Farrell, for running backs to the bench, again, very hard to bench somebody with so many out on bye. But if you have the options and you're trying to decide somebody to bench, I don't want to put you on the spot, but I, I say look no further than Sean Green. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to stay with the Jets' pass game. We all know he exploded on the Colts last week, and he awoke from this slumber that he's been in for the last couple of years to roll up a career best, 160 and three TDs. But, look, the Patriots are much better than the Colts at stuffing the run. They rank sixth in the NFL, 82 yards allowed per game. Only have allowed two rushing touchdowns. It's almost like the Niners. I mean, that's, that's pretty good. So the pace of the game is important if Brady gets it going early it has the chance of taking Rex Ryan's you know ground and pound mentality away from Sean Green and he's just about the only starting running back I'd bench this week
3: I would say so too it's it's I have no excitement for Sean Green now if he's in if I have him on my team I know where I have to take him in the draft which means I liked him better than a lot of players and it probably means that I played him this year much to my dissatisfaction, and I pulled a lot of my hair out, and I hope I had him in the lineup last week to see him put up those numbers. And, you know, the running the running game is truly a game of rhythm. And so you can't shoot that winning horse and bench him based on where you drafted him and where you might have to play him. But, you know, guys, I, I, I want to go back to our fellow with the blue, uh, Mr. Mike Trent, I don't remember exactly where uh, Randall Cobb went in the draft in in Las Vegas, but hasn't that been one of the greatest acquisitions that you could have done in the after the tenth round? I believe in in Las Vegas to add to your team. There's one of your UK players,
2: Mike. Yeah, no question. I mean, it really has, Farrell, uh, uh, and it just uh, you know, uh, you know, when you're drafting, you can't really uh, talk about affiliation, but. Uh, you know, it's about role players, uh, players that are going to fit in and fit and be the the perfect spot. Greg Jennings going down uh, for a couple weeks has really helped out Randall, Cobb, Randall Cobb's situation. Uh, when uh, Jennings comes back, you know Cobb he, he may fall a little bit, but uh, it it really has. I, I mean, it's you just got to look for those type of situations that might benefit you. Three, I think seven. any of us.
1: That-
3: Any of us that followed University of Kentucky football like you do knew that that player could do that given the opportunity. And I was always, when he was drafted by Green Bay, I said, I wonder if he'll ever get an opportunity. And you're right, it took injury to to, uh, to get him on the field in a full-time basis. You take a look at Sean Green that's had all the opportunities in the world, and I'm surprised he still gets them to have the game that he had last week. Yep. Yeah, you know, it's,
2: it, it, and that's what it takes. I mean, you know, it just depends on uh, what happens. I mean, let's face it, you know, who would have thought when Drew Bledsoe went down that Tom Brady would be the quarterback that he is today? Uh, yeah, it's, it's a crazy thing in the NFL. And you just have to watch and see what player is very special because, let's face it, Tom Brady, what was he, a sixth, seventh round pick? So you never know. Uh, when those guys have that opportunity, but, you know, it's like i said on this show uh, many, many times. Uh, it, it depends on the system a lot of times. 347-324-5404
1: four, four, four is the number. Farrell Elliott is our guest this evening from the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship, and I'm, I'm looking in the chat room, the crew here at Red vs. Blue, Farrell, some of the best minds in the world of high-stakes fantasy sports, but sometimes even they have questions, and they have one for you, Farrell, Get paddled in the chat room. Ask Jonathan Stewart or Fred Davis for a flex this week. And when we look at Jonathan Stewart, what he's playing Dallas and Fred Davis in the flex playing the Giants PPR. Which one do you like there?
3: You know Davis has finally got into that situation of rhythm, and with the fact that Garcon is is missing in action, I'm not impressed with the rest of the receivers that the Redskins have to offer. So I'm going to say keep Fred Davis and hope that that uh, newfound chemistry that he has with RG3 continues. And if this is an f f b c team, it's no contest, Fred Davis.
1: Yeah. Yeah, well, and it does look like Jonathan Stewart. They they just don't know what uh, type of a role to put him in. He goes from 10 carries one week to four the next, not really getting the receptions. The team's kind of been in disarray. I do look for Cam Newton to kind of turn things around. It can't get much worse than what it's been. And And he showed us so much last year. It has to get better, but – Fred Davis, definitely one of those guys that uh, can stretch the field as a tight end. I think you have to give him a role, get paddled. Uh, Wide receivers on by this week, Farrell. Roddy White, Julio Jones, Demarius and Decker, Dwayne Bowe, Macklin, uh, Deshaun Jackson, Malcolm Floyd, lots of wide receivers out this week. Going to be very tough to get your lineup in, especially in the deeper lineups like yours. And... There's, the wide receivers are, are, are going to be a very critical call this week. Uh, I absolutely love Denarius Moore this week, and, and I think I think it makes a lot of sense to put a, a guy like Denarius Moore in the lineup. Mike, you had a question for me earlier tonight. What I tell you? You said Denarius Moore or your guy Randall Cobb. Oh, Randall Cobb,
2: yeah.
1: Two great you know, Yeah.
2: Yeah, it was Den, Denarius Moore and Randall Cobb, and, uh, you know, I – I feel like that's a pretty fair question, and I, I love the uh, I love the response, Scott Farrell. Uh, what I mean, Denarius Moore or Randall Cobb? Yeah, the who, you know, if you're down to making that decision, you've got an awfully
3: good team yeah. both these players deserve to be on the field. Probably Randall Cobb. Just you know, Scott said something interesting. This player lines up in the backfield. He's moving around. He's doing a lot more things. Moore is uh, Moore is coming into a situation where he's developing as a receiver, but he's certainly not the weapon that Cobb is.
1: Yeah, it is a it is a good uh, decision that you hey, have hey, there, there Mike. Very, very surprised you have that type of a play, but you know Moore he had a slow start to the season after missed the opener and most of the preseason. I've seen him improve statistically every game, and it looks like he and Palmer are developing that nice chemistry and that rhythm that you need to have from a quarterback and a wide receiver. I like this, four straight weeks with eight targets or more. Farrell, I think this is a five-catch guy week in and week out now that he's healthy. His opponent, the Jaguars, they've allowed 100-plus yards and a TD to at least one receiver in three straight games, and so if I could put 100 yards and a TD in the bag, I expect we'll see that again this week, and Randall Cobb, there's just so many options in Green Bay. Again, if they get into the shootout type mess, you know, everything's going to happen right for Aaron Rodgers. You can't really expect another six TD day. So I know everybody's kind of got Packer wide receivers on the brain right now, but it doesn't seem like he's mm. going to do that every week. So I, I like well, – No, and he hasn't, done to- it. he hasn't
3: done it much this year until recently. That's a good point. Um, you know, I, I think it's interesting that, that what you – Expect from the Raiders first is development of that running game, and I think uh, uh, last last game the Raiders played, I think McFadden carried the ball twenty five times at least. We'd have to check that. It's a there's an interesting player in that passing game with the Raiders. I took him in the twentieth round of the draft, and that's the tight end Brandon Myers. And this is the this is the junk collector of tight ends in the NFL right now. When the when the Raiders are down. And it's junk time. They go to him and go to him often, and he's become a five and six reception tight end in, in those games. When the, when the play, when the team is winning, uh, he's less of a factor. It's uh, one of the things that I have noticed about this about this team. So it, there's inconsistency. You know, if if more comes into a position where he is. Catching five and six passes a game, he'll be the first consistent offensive performer in fantasy football in 2012 for the Raiders.
1: Very good point, Farrell. 347-324-5404 4, 4, 4 is the number. We're doing starts and sits right now with Farrell Elliott from the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship. And Farrell, when I look at all the names on by it, again, it makes it terribly difficult to bench anybody. But if you have the options like Mikey does and can do it, Here's a guy I'd consider benching this week, Corey Smith. He's trying desperately to shed this label as a one-trick pony. You know, 50 snaps last week against Dallas, 25 passing routes for him. The, the, the Texans are middle of the pack at stopping wideouts this week. But after two straight games of 10 targets, Tory dropped to only four in each of the last two games. So how can I recommend starting a wide receiver that's only been targeted more than five times twice? This season, so you know many, but many people thought that Anquan Bolden was washed up, but he's really done some good things the last few weeks, emerging as Flacco's guy. I mean, he's getting all the looks, and only once this season has he had less than five uh, targets. So until Torrey starts getting separation, I'd look for other options.
3: I don't, brother. I don't. I love Torrey Smith, and I think that if I could for the play, you know how you go in the drafts and you say I'm going to make sure I get this player and I know where I'm going to get him, and I know how I'm going to get him, and then you don't ever get him. And that's my story of Torrey Smith. I don't have him anywhere, and I regret it. It's only going to get better for this player, and he's the one wide receiver that can give you the 15- or 16-point play, the 80- 80 or 85-yard uh, touchdown reception. I would never take this player out of my mind.
1: Interesting. I have him in your contest and I know that's a little bit of a conflict of interest for you to give me advice, but uh yeah, I've got Tori. like you need it. I, I got Torrey Smith in my lineup along with AJ Green and Cobb, but it's because I don't have other options. My only other two options are Ogletree and Garcon. Now if Dez Bryant, who has this groin injury, decides not to play, what do you think of Ogletree kind of making a splash this week?
3: Man, there hasn't been a splash since week one for Ogletree. You know, I have to check the roster to see if he's still on the team. Yeah. So I can't. I certainly can't predict. That. And you know, if Dallas is so insistent on Des Bryant being the answer to their football team, that I think they would send him out there on one leg. I really do. <laughs>
1: Ogletree was the name that we continued to hear uh, around the uh, drafts wow. in Vegas, and it was just so hilarious after the dra- after the game on Wednesday night to hear that name just ringing through the rafters because, you know, you get a 30-point game out of a guy, and now all of a sudden uh, it's just uh, you fell off the face of the earth and you wasted a sixth-round pick, so very uh, uh, tough, tough to do that. Go ahead, Mike.
2: Yeah, Scott, you know what? It, it was so fun uh, to uh, watching that game and uh, seeing things, being a Cowboy fan, I loved it. But Three scoring all these points, everybody's, oh, man, yeah, this is a new guy. I'm like, no, 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 no. I mean, I didn't buy into it one bit. And uh, so, <laughs> but, you know, a lot of people did and a lot of people didn't. So it's kind of the fun of the first game of the NFL being on a uh, Wednesday this year, but Thursday next year and every year after, uh, it's kind of fun of uh, the NFL to watch that first game and see who's going to be that guy that people think. Yeah. That and, first and
3: game can have a lot of effect on us, good performance or bad performance. And I think it gets in the heads of the players, inexperienced players as well as experienced players. I fell prey to it, and I took Ogletree. And uh, it, it was really because several players I wanted had gone off the board, and it, just, it, it was an easy decision for me to make. And, of course, I regret it now. Who would have thought that he would have nothing and has so little productivity yeah. since then? But the funniest reaction was the guy that sat next to me that would be my opponent in the first week. When I drafted Ogletree, he went absolutely ballistic. And uh, yeah. I had the most fun with that. And so that, in fact, somewhat made it worth taking
1: it. Yeah, that is a, a fact. Ogletree has not been what we uh, a lot of owners thought he could be after we watched that week one game. So, Farrell, let's take a look at one other position here. We've looked at receivers, running backs, and quarterbacks. Let's look at the defense this week. Uh, a lot of people, like, like Mike, he neglects the defense, just picks up whatever's available. Some people that works for other people like to take a targeted approach and try, especially in these salary cap games where you can take anybody, but a surprising defense. We loved the Buccaneers last week. The Bucks didn't disappoint me. Two defensive scores. You have to start your no-brainers, the Patriots, the Packers, the Vikings, the Cardinals, the Bears, all those guys, but if you don't have those guys and you don't have the Niners or the Hawks, what, is there any, any defense that stands out to you this week, somebody that uh, may be a little surprising?
3: not really guys i think you've hit on i think you've hit on the high points um it's it, it, it's been significant to see certain performances you know the chargers have had a few moments uh defensively the broncos have had a few moments defensively of course they're on bye this week so no nothing really jumping jumping in towards me i i took uh playing in the uh draft masters uh, concept I believe they call it the draft experts at the FFPC I, I've enjoyed that in in taking three defenses all of them would be considered in the the lower third of uh of uh team defenses this year but that formula has allowed one of them to break loose with good performances this year uh, uh both that we wouldn't want to play on a weekly basis. Both the Browns and Chargers have done well for me. So, any certain weekend you can you can go out and pick your poison so to speak and hope for your best result.
1: Mikey, I like uh I'm taking a look at the Buffalo Bills again. Eric gave uh there was a little bit of laughter in the 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 show on the oh, uh, high stakes fantasy hour. From Eric Balkman picking up the Bills in our league, but they're playing the Titans this week. They allow the eighth most fantasy points to opposing kind defenses. To me. <laughs> the sack total is respectable. And, and Mike, I know you hate talking defenses, but the Buffalo Bills look like a pretty good matchup this week. Uh,
2: yeah, absolutely. Uh, and uh, I think you're taking uh, right before I am. And I was looking at this because Tennessee. Tennessee Titans, they, they will either do something or they won't do anything. And, you know, I really think Buffalo uh, – but not – I take that back. Tennessee is going to go nuts on Buffalo. I wouldn't take Buffalo at all, Scott.
1: <laughs> I'm going to pull up Team Wood right now in the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship. Here you are. Okay. And I see you are starting the New York Jets against the Patriots dude. You realize you get negative points if <laughs> What are you doing starting the Jets against the Patriots? You couldn't find somebody to drop? I mean anybody? You you you've got let's see who you got on this roster here. What could we, couldn't we have picked somebody to drop? You got James Mike, Starks, Ingram, Daniel Thomas. Mike is
3: there only one defense on that roster.
2: Yeah, one one defense, one defense on the roster, and that's it. And so,
1: it's uh, actually not not a bad roster, Mike. Aaron Rodgers, Gore, Peterson, I'm not Peterson hey, Smith, hey, Bolden, James Jones, Heath Miller, Gronkowski. That's a pretty good lineup, Farrell.
3: Well, it's a good looking team. It's a very good looking team. They need to. I'll take they you need what,
2: to I will not. Uh, I will not knock uh, Brian Harwood uh, when I, especially when I scroll down. And I don't have to scroll down very far in the uh, FFPC, the top top ten, and he's right there. So I don't
1: know. I, I couldn't do it, but no, you've done it before, my man. You've done it before. You'll do it again. Well, Farrell, thanks for being on Red versus Blue, my man. It's been a joy. Uh, Brad Taylor is leading the pack right now. He's six and zero, and he's got the number one team in overall points. So, uh, what what do you think about Brad? But Brad's a wonderful
3: player, and he's he's sort of a contrarian. He marches to the beat of his own drummer. We all like to think we do that, but he's he's he certainly attacks the draft. Uh, but he looked at the first he looked at the, uh, the consensus first round draft picks, and he said, "There's only two guys here I would want on my team." And you know that's that's the way he goes about it, and it's paying dividends this year. He he puts together strategy and mathematics, and he comes up with the answers. And he's doing he's doing very well. And he's only spent one week outside of first place total points throughout our uh, contest this year, well, and that was the week that Leroy moved in front of him.
1: He sat right beside me uh, in Kentucky, and will in, in another league. I know he drafted several for the for you and. Uh, he definitely has a good team. We need to get him on the show. Well, Farrell, thank you so much for being on, buddy. Uh, always welcome here on Red vs. Blue, and we look forward to a, a fantastic finish in the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship.
3: Thanks for having me, guys. Talk
1: to you soon. All right, dude. That was Farrell Elliott, man. It's uh, always a great guest. Very knowledgeable fantasy player, too, Mike, and he, he knows his stuff, and it's it's good to get him on, especially being here in the Midwest. We didn't get a chance to talk about college basketball, though, with him. Uh, you saw the rankings that came out, right, Mikey? We we had I number sure one is. IU, number two U of L, number it. three UK. Doesn't get any better than that.
2: I love it, man. That's exciting stuff, Scott. And you know, it just yeah, uh, uh, brings excitement to the Ohio Valley and uh, and what's going on, man. That, that's pretty cool.
1: All right, Mikey. Well, we do have again a couple of uh, matchups that we've. We, we've looked at, we, we talked about, we discussed Torrey Smith, Andrew Luck, all the Colts wide receivers. Somebody that we didn't really talk about this week was William Powell of the Arizona Cardinals. He has a matchup against Minnesota, not an easy defense to go up against, but with the question marks they have at the quarterback position. Now you might think that William Powell gets a little bit of a, a, a little bit of a play here. He got some carries the last time out and and it looks like it's his job to lose now 13 carries for 70 yards last year against or last week against Buffalo. And again, he's going to Minnesota. The, The matchup doesn't get much easier, but it does look like he's the guy there. So until Beanie Wells comes back and I think Beanie Wells is not able to even come back until week 11, it sounds like it's the William Powell show.
2: Yeah, it does, Scott. And the one thing that makes it uh, even more uh, beneficial for William Powell is the fact that, you know, they really don't have that big of a high-powered offense. And uh, so as far as uh, uh, receivers, other than Fitzgerald and such, so who's going to start a quarterback? You know, who's going to do this and who's going to do that? So somebody's going to have to uh, help uh, help him carry the load. And I think that – I think Powell's going to be the guy, and, you know, it's
1: a good fit. Another guy that I want everybody to pay attention to this week is obviously Jimmy Graham. The injury news is not good on him, and if he does play, I think we could be looking at a situation where he's even more of a decoy more than anything else. Now, Lance Moore is back, but I want you to pay attention to Devery Henderson. 43 passing snaps last week. And Jimmy Graham was there, uh, and you got to think that if, since he's the number two player on the field, right behind Marquez Colston, you would have to think that Drew Brees decides to get him into the game a little bit. Since Jimmy Graham, if if Jimmy Graham is a no go, and this is this is my you know the the philosophy there, if Jimmy Graham is a no go, I think Devry Henderson can be plugged into your lineup against Tampa Bay, who struggles on the off on the defensive side of the ball. So. Devery Henderson just needs a few more targets to, to get into this uh, game. He he definitely has the opportunity since he's out there on the field. And if Jimmy Graham's not out there, like I said, uh, Lance Moore is back, so he'll get some of that work. But I think Devery Henderson will be a big-time beneficiary.
2: Yeah, no? uh, Devery Henderson, uh, he needs to uh, – he's got to step up. Lance Moore, first game back, man, I, I just don't like the first game back. Theory, Scott. Uh you know, sometimes it works out and sometimes it doesn't. But uh, I don't know. Last more, uh, you know, he's got a ton of possibilities in that offense. And but I just don't like the first game, uh, the first game back deal.
1: Did you? Uh, did, you know, there was week five, and nobody really. <clears throat> it's the interesting thing you ever notice this. It's it's a opportunity to to snag players off the waiver wire when people have a buy somebody like a Devry Henderson. In week five, do you know what type of stat line he did the last time he was on the field? Yeah. Eight, eight catches, 123 yards on ten targets. Okay, yeah. that's a that's a monster game for a wide receiver. Eight catches, 123 yards, especially for somebody that may be on the waiver wire in some of these leagues. And so, and he was in the National Fantasy Football Championship, the NFFC. He was on the waiver wire, and we picked him up for like a buck. So it's it's interesting because once they go to a bye week, nobody's looking to pick that player up. Have you ever noticed that? Once they're once the bye weeks coming up, people are like, "Ah, eh, no reason to pick him up because he's not even playing this week."
2: Everybody.
1: So you kind of get you a you kind of get you a steal there, so to speak, uh with Devery Henderson potentially. Okay. Uh a lot of other guys, Dez, like we said, was injured. Maybe Ogletree is a is a possible start this week if Dez cannot recover. Um uh, CJ2K Chris John, there were a lot of uh, you know jokes around the the fantasy circles that Chris Johnson would be a, somebody you would want to bench. We talked about benching him earlier in the year, and it was an opportune time. But I think he's a guy that you you have to expect a big day from this week against Buffalo. Nate Washington, Nate Washington is actually quietly, you know, not not as productive as you would would like, especially the last time out. But the guy is out there on the field, and that's something you have to look for when you're looking at the snaps. Uh, in that Tennessee game, he was out there again, and he's the leading wide receiver. In the one wide receiver set, he's out there, and so definitely in the two wide receiver sets. In the passing situations, 50 passing situations and passing snaps the last time out, 45 of those went to Nate Washington. Number one by far, only second and second place, Kenny Britt, 36. Kendall Wright, 25, so now the natural order is kind of taking place, and Nate Washington is somebody that you have to be cognizant of. If you have him, you can't let that last game get you down. Go ahead and get him in the lineup and, sure. and get you some points this week. I'm going to go ahead and take Mason Crosby. Why are you guys leaving Mason Crosby here for me? Okay, it's the last round. This is the draft. It's over, Mike. It's been a fun draft.
2: Pretty, It's pretty much over, but uh, the Nate Washington, I picked him up uh, last round just, you know, just for kicks, and... Uh, or uh, well two rounds go because uh you know I think that uh he could be very uh he could be very beneficial to the team and I, I need to look look at my lineup and make sure that I want him in there. But uh you know he tends to show up this time of year every year. I mean it's it's almost mid late October. It's like wow, Nate Washington. But September you never hear about him.
1: Guys, you know you where to find us uh, at Red Blue Radio on Twitter, uh, the Facebook page. You can always find us Facebook.com/slash re, uh, Red Blue Radio, and then uh, the Red Blue Radio inbox uh, inbox at gmail.com. Red Blue Radio at gmail.com. Mike, Walking Dead was back this week. Rick Grimes is an absolute badass. He uh, he ended up having to chop Herschel's leg off there at the end of the show. The Walking Dead Sunday nights nine. Eastern, 8 Central, one of the best shows on television. Got to check that out if you haven't already, Mike, The Walking Dead. Uh, Again, DVR it so you can have it. And then The League on Thursday night. If you haven't been watching The League, it's one of the funniest shows on FX on Thursday nights, Mike. We actually uh, like to watch it. We, we we DVR the game. We flip over and watch the league. It's a half hour show on 10:30 nights on Thurs 10:30 at night on Thursday nights 10:30 Eastern. So we watch the league and then we go back and play the game from the point in which we stopped, and then we fast forward through the commercials so we catch up with the game with like five to go. It works out pretty good so far the last two weeks. But the league is something funny. You have to check it out, man. Taco and those guys. It's just a fun fun show if you're a fan. Of fantasy football, you ever seen it? I'm
2: You've
1: never no, seen it? it never it
2: seen is. it?
1: It is a it is a fun show, man. You got to check it out. The league on FX. All right, guys, red versus blue. The the crew here at the chat room. I thank you for being here. It's always a blast. This was a fun time. I, I have to recommend fantasyfeud.com again. Uh, Draft yes. Street. We play Draft Street, but I. I think there's room. I was talking to Alex about this the other day. I think there's plenty of room for several of these weekly game sites to get involved with the high-stakes community and and start to play in these games. I think, look, I saw a guy that won $130,000 last month playing on Draft Street. Now, I don't know if that number is legit or what, but it's only two weeks into the season. But I went ahead and challenged him over here on Fantasy Feud last week. There's a little challenge button you can challenge him. Heads up right now. Boom, we went at it, and I keep down that point. So it lets me know that we can run with these guys on these weekly games. You can play the snake well, drafts or the salary cap. So well, it's,
2: Scott, real quick, it's uh fun. just before we uh end the show, uh this has been a lot of fun and you know I got a good friend of mine here uh here in Brandenburg and he he's loved he loved it the first week and he joined in this week and he he was a part of it, and Bobby not. and, you know, it's, it goes by quick. It's spot on. It's a great site, and it's yep. a lot of fun, whether it's uh, Fantasy Feud, which we're dealing with right now, or Draft Street. All
1: so right, fun, Mikey.
2: 20, fun thing.
1: 20 seconds left. Thank you for being on, as always, buddy. And, again, we will be on the 1340 WDGN, the fantasy football show for the Southern Bluegrass Fantasy Football Championship this week. Thanks, guys. We'll see you guys in- <laughs> It's all about red versus blue and the fantasy football world. We'll see you.
0: versus Blue Sports Talk Radio where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide with your hosts Scott Atkins and Michael Trent please join us next time